from the Cyber Hub Bunker and Studio. You're tuning in to the Cyber Hub Podcast. And now for your host and CISO, James Azar. Happy New Year, gang. Welcome to 2024. James Azar here with the first episode of the new year. Thank you for tuning in this morning. We're live on YouTube, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, now X, Twitch, and Rumble. Thank you all for being here this morning. And I hope everyone had a good ending to 2023 and a fruitful beginning as we enter the first 48 hours of the new year. Obviously, a lot to talk about on this morning's show. So we're going to get right into this morning's episode. But before we do, our Substack is loaded with awesome content. It's what you see in front of you, jamesazar.substack.com. You can go subscribe, support the show there. All of your support goes directly to contribute to the growth of the show. So uh, I, I really do appreciate it. Exclusive articles, all kinds of stuff that we won't do anywhere else. I won't put it on LinkedIn. I don't put it on YouTube. It's exclusively on Substack. Nowhere else. Um, and the more controversial it is, the more likely it's on Substack, just so y'all know. Um, and that's simply because we've seen what the algorithms uh, do uh, with our normal content. So there's that. Now, join me for a double espresso. Good morning, Matt, Eric, Vernon, and so many others. Thank y'all for being here. Cough cup cheers, y'all. Let's go ahead and kick off with this Apache vulnerability that we talked about pre the new year. There was an initial vulnerability that shown signs of in the wild exploitation for the Apache OffBiz vulnerability. OffBiz, for those who don't know, is leveraged by uh, a, a lot of different ERPs and projects, including Jira, um, CVE 2023 uh, now has an additional CVE 2023-51467. All were disclosed by SonicWall. Uh, these details we spoke about on the show just immediately after Christmas on December 26th. Um, the disclosure came through, um, and now we're seeing in-the-wild proof-of-concept exploits that have been available for CVE 2023-49070. That's the older flaw. The Shadow Server Foundation on Thursday reported seeing quite a few scans targeting that specific vulnerabilities. They're saying the available POCs have been used to look for vulnerable systems. They've later clarified that attackers have also attempted to execute arbitrary code on several of these impacted hosts. According to Engine Hunter, there were 170 internet-exposed off-biz instances back in early December. That number has now dropped to just over 70. This is not the only critical vulnerability. Obviously, CVE. Uh, 501-64-2023 is a strut 2 flaw that does allow remote code execution. So overall, Apache has not had a very good December. And as we kick off the year, uh, I'll tell you something, y'all. Historically, January has been a rough month. If we go back to 2020, pre-COVID, I don't know if many of you can remember those days. We started off the year with a Citrix vulnerability that crippled everyone. Then obviously COVID overshadowed it, and rightfully so. The year after that, we had something. Last year, we had something. Every year, January starts with some sort of critical vulnerability. This one here is specifically around the Apache uh, uh, vulnerabilities, and those need to be addressed ASAP. We'll move on to Kubernetes, where attackers that has access to a Kubernetes cluster could chain two different vulnerabilities in the Google Kubernetes engine to escalate privileges and take over the entire cluster, according to Palo Alto. 
the issue may not pose a significant risk on its own, but they were identified by FluentBid, the default logging agent in the Google uh, Kubernetes engine and in the Anthos service mesh, an optional add-on for controlling service-to-service -service communication within the environment. The lightweight log processor and forwarder FluentBit has been the default logging agent uh, for Google Kubernetes clusters um, uh, engine since at least March of last year. That's 2023. So being deployed as a daemon set controller from the get-go, ASM is Google's implementation of the ISTO ser service mesh open source project. A lot of this may seem like Espanol or, or Hebrew to some of y'all, but there's different tools that are being used here. And if an attacker could execute the fluent bit container and the cluster has an ASM installed, they can create a single powerful chain because of those vulnerabilities to gain complete control of that specific Kubernetes clusters. Attackers can use this access to do two things. One, conduct data theft, deploy malicious pods, and disrupt operations. A misconfiguration in FluentBit could allow an attacker to use the token of any pod in the node to impersonate the pod, gain unauthorized access to the cluster, and list all the additional running pods, essentially allowing them to take over all of your Kubernetes clusters. And that's, again, a significant uh, AppSec issue. On December 14th, Google announced patches for both of these issues, urging users to manually update their clusters and node pools. Uh, GKE versions 1.25.16 GKE, sorry, dash 1040s. Um, and, and all of these have been updated, by the way. There's a new version. If you haven't updated it, you want to make sure you get this patched. Obviously, this isn't a very sophisticated attack, but we know that identity is critical. And so if they're able to compromise one identity, they're able to get into the clusters, they get into the clusters. I don't need to tell you what, what happens next. Uh, that's significant there as well. Multiple, and we're sticking with Google here because a Google OAuth endpoint named multi-login is being abused as an undocumented uh, endpoint, essentially, to restore expired authentication cookies and log into user accounts, even if the account password was reset. The session cookies, uh, for those who don't know, whenever you're using single sign-on, Right, and, and I'm just going to explain it. I know almost everyone here will, will understand this, but just for the sake of clarity for people who don't, single sign-on is when you're using your one email or your one login to have access, okay? So in this specific case, you'll see it very often in a lot of social networks or a lot of different applications to say login with Google. Well, that generates a token. That token is a virtualized token and if people can take advantage of it and reset it then they can log in and pretend to be you to that application specifically so the types of cookies that are meant to have a limited lifespan they cannot be used indefinitely but they can use them once or twice to gain access in late november of last year 2023 uh, bleeping computer reported on two information stealers named luma and um Rodamonitus, who claimed that they could restore expired Google authentication cookies stolen in attacks. These cookies would allow the cyber criminals to gain unauthorized access to Google accounts, even after the legitimate owners have logged out, reset their passwords, or their session cookies. Uh, they've contacted Google multiple times over a month with questions about these claims and how they plan to mitigate the issues, but they've never received a response. A report published by Cloud SEK researchers sheds more light on the zero-day exploit works and paints a dire picture regarding the scale of implementation. 
the threat actor named Prisma started exploiting this on October 20th of 2023. They posted on Telegram that they discovered a way to restore expired Google authentication cookies. They reversed engineer the exploit and they discovered that it uses an undocumented Google auth endpoint named multi-login, which is indeed for synchronization accounts across different Google services by accepting a vector of account IDs and auth login tokens. The request is also part of the GIA auth API and is triggered whenever accounts and cookies are not consistent with the account in browser. The encryption tokens are decrypted using an encryption stored in Chrome's local state file. The same encryption key is also used to decrypt saved passwords in the browser. So you obviously see that this zero day is significant. Malware devs are rushing to add the exploit. So you're seeing a whole bunch of activity there. So if you're a Google shop or you know someone who is a Google shop, uh, you want to make sure um, to get that addressed as well. So there's that. Um, some good news for those Black Basta ransomware victims. A decryptor has now been released to help you recover your files for free. The developers fixed the bug in their encryption routine a week ago, and now this decryption technique from being used in newer attacks. So the decryptor came from security research labs, which found it um, and built the decryptor there. So um, there's that as well. So just kind of putting that out there. Um, it's consistent. It's out there. Um, if you're using it or if you've been a victim, let's go ahead and get that addressed. Um, a, a big one here, folks, uh, industry is headed towards consolidation. Um, if, if you, you know, someone asked me yesterday uh, on a call, said, uh, what's going to happen in security this year? And I said, consolidation, 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 consolidation. Smaller companies are going to get swallowed up by bigger companies who are going to add that service. And so Palo Alto announced today that they've completed their acquisition of talent cybersecurity. They're now in the secure browser technology space, Palo Alto. The acquisition was pegged at $625 million. Talent had raised $125 million in multiple funding rounds. They've gained traction there. So now that's going to happen. Now that's finalized here at the beginning of the year. But um, Microsoft. A lot of others are getting in the space, not only secure browsing, but consolidation. We're going to see a lot more announcements in the next three to six months here as the market starts to consolidate from a lot of these smaller kind of post-revenue. They've got, a you know, two, three dozen customers. There's a proof of concept out there. Bigger companies are going to come in and acquire them. You'll see that from Palo. Uh, Checkpoint's been very active. They, they, they've acquired Perimeter 81 uh, late last year, that was a big acquisition for him and so many others. So you're starting to see that as well. Let's move to what's going on in the Ukraine. As the computer emergency response team in the country of the Ukraine is warning of a new phishing campaign that's being orchestrated by Russia to deploy previously undocumented malware such as OceanMap, MassPy, and Steelhook. Those are all designed to harvest sensitive information. And what we see on the battlefield the cyber battlefield, at least in the Ukraine, will always escalate in Europe and the U.S. This activity was detected between December 15th and 25th of 2023. They've targeted government entities in the Ukraine and Polish organizations with email messages urging recipients to click a link to view documents. Um, and I see some uh, security awareness uh, evangelist on the show this morning uh, and in the comments here. So I will let you all know that... Uh, yeah, people still click on this stuff. 
They do. It's job security for so many people. <laughs> MassPy is a Python-based tool to download and upload files and execute commands with communications and the C2 server taking place over an encrypted channel using the TCP protocol. And again, what we're seeing is the development of uh, very, uh, very unique ways that the Russians are trying to take advantage of this stuff. And when they do, and it works, it, it, it escalates. Russia sells that forward. Um, so, so there's that. They've got an IMAP protocol that's used as a control channel, according to the CERT. Adding persistence is achieved by creating a URL file named vmsearch.url. And again, they're going to use, uh, um, and they're going to use search terms that someone in your security operations or forensics teams would never question. Right? They'll put a VM search, so it looks like they're doing something. The the, the Russians are very. Uh, they're counting on on not being detail oriented that that's the one thing they count on consistently uh speak to anyone who was former kgb speak to anyone who was fsb or in the fsb and they'll tell you that they count on people not being very diligent so they'll see something they'll go ah oh, that seems pretty normal they never look into it so you want to make sure that people are looking into it as well Pro-Palestinian operations are claiming dozens of data breaches against Israeli firms. Uh, there's a story we'll be bringing later this week. It was actually covered in Israeli media. We're trying to get that uh, that, that content off of them. It was a new. It was a, a on on Israeli TV, but it was around the cyber op battle that's been going on since the October seventh attacks on Israel and kind of the subsequent movement by Iran and their proxies. Um, there's now a whole bunch of companies being targeted in Israel, some e-commerce platforms, manufacturing, schools, uh, colleges, even some swimming pool. Um, the uh, attacks are very well organized, and some of them are disruptive. Uh, others are not so much. Researchers at Checkpoint told Recorded Future News that the group's uh, leaks seem genuine, meaning these are legitimate uh, concerns there. They've also said that Cyber Tofan, an Iranian threat actor, um, and Salk Radar said that the group's tactics and skills of Operation Bail a Hallmark of a sophisticated entity and potentially state-sponsored. We know it's state-sponsored. Um, the Palestinians don't have the capabilities, but Iran and Hezbollah do, and we know that they're using those capabilities to create disruptions there as well. And Iran, on, on another note, Iran attacked the Republic of Albania again and telecom company One Albania, uh, with a series of cyber attacks, including the country's National Authority for Electronic Certification and Cybersecurity uh, that revealed last week, uh, right before the new year, that these infrastructures under the legislation enforced are not currently classified as critical or important. One Albania has one and a half million subscribers. Uh, in a Facebook post on Christmas Day, it said that it handled the security incident without any issue, and that its services remain unaffected. There's also note that the intrusions did not originate from an Albanian IP address, adding to the manage to identify potential cases in real time. The exact scale of the attacks is not really known. An Iranian group called Homeland Justice claimed responsibility, adding that it had breached a flag carrier as well, Air Albania. In a message on its website, back to destroy supporters of terrorists. Funny coming from Iranians who are actual terrorists. Um, so there's that i love how these guys have zero awareness of their own selves that's it for our show this morning y'all we'll be back tomorrow once we get the story there's there was a great story in, in in israel media on cyber attacks in israel 
kind of the Israeli CERT response to private public partnership. It was, it's, it's a great five minute segment. We're trying to get our hands on it legally uh, rather than trying to pirate it off of YouTube uh, or their channel in order to share it with all of y'all and kind of give you some of the uh, bits and pieces there as well. So there's that. Once we have it, we'll be sure to air it. So make sure you subscribe, share, tune in. Until then, have a great rest of your day. Happy New Year, y'all. And most importantly, and y'all know this, stay cyber safe. Don't click on stuff. We love feedback. So make sure to connect with us on social media and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform.